Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers, to our listeners on the radio and our Insider podcast. Today we're checking back in with Erie's public schools to see how their reopening plans rolled out last summer and fall are working. Are students making up academic ground lost during COVID-19? And also, how critical are the support services of the district during this recovery time? My guests today are Karen Ryan, Director of Educational Services for Erie's Public Schools, and Sherry Prater, who is Director of Student Services. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. So Karen, you have been here before, but why don't we start with you to explain exactly what your role is with the district? Sure, um, I'm Director of Educational Services, and my role is really um, to help align uh, the educational programming to meet student needs in our district. And Sherry, we have known you, I have known you, and interviewed you in principal roles with the district uh, with Erie's Public Schools. But explain what your position and your mission is now. My position is um, Director of Student Services, and my mission really is to align and expand student services so that they match up with the district's strategic goals to impact student and learning within the classrooms. And if people don't know what student services are, can you give us just a general sense of that? A general sense, sense of it would be um, programs that fall under um, guidance, counseling, um, mental health, behavior interventions, those types of supports that really work with the family and students to meet their needs. So I looked back and it was around Memorial Day uh, last year that we spoke about plans for summer school in Erie's public schools, had you on the program, Karen. Mm -hmm. Also talked about the reopening plan for the fall. So um, it was all about really working to catch students up academically and emotionally too. Mm -hmm. So Karen, at the end of last year when we were talking, how worried were you about lost ground and what did it look like statistically? Sure, we were, we were very concerned about the effect that the pandemic would, would have on our student achievement. Um, and, and we did, um, as everyone did across the country, see impact um, in our state assessment data last year. Um, but on, on the upswing and, and with all of the work that our teachers and our leaders are doing this school year, um, we have already begun to see the recovery and growth. Um, a lot of urban districts across the country are really seeing um, a slow uh, growth trend, but in Erie's public schools, we are really seeing some significant growth trends. And in fact, in some regards, our data looks very similar to what it looked like just prior to the pandemic. So that's a very positive um, place to be right now. Oh, that's really exciting. So what, what were the key goals that you set then for the kids and then just broadly, how did you go about making that happen? Sure, so our, our teachers are really working hard to make sure that they understand where their, their students' um, learning is. They're making sure that they're challenging the students um, with grade level work and really um, employing uh, great, uh, great scaffolds to help students bridge some of the unfinished learning that, that may have occurred. Um, we have after school programming um, going on in our schools and at local community centers, giving students extra opportunities to um, continue to work on uh, uh, skills that might have um, been impacted due to the pandemic. Um, so we, we have a lot of really great pieces going right now um, in addition to planning for, for the summer. You know, we've talked a lot in the news about depression um, from adults all the way down to kids as they 
coped with with COVID and the extra pr pressures that that may be put on families or working families or trying to support kids when they were doing learning at home. So Sherry, how did you set about to revamp student services to really maybe completely rethink that? And how does that tie to the academic side for students? One of the things we are focusing on really is on outreach aspects to our families through our different departments. So for example, um, how do we utilize guidance services to reach out to parents when their students are struggling academically um, or behaviorally, as well as other additional supports through community school services or our mental health services to address mental health aspects and the outreach of that. One of the things that we are doing this year, which I think will benefit our families tremendously is the expansion of the case manager program through Safe Harbor to really get in there and work with our families um, to see the needs within the home, especially around mental health and connecting them with those services. So that means they're not just getting services when they're at school, but at home and involving the whole family in the process? Exactly. We are really focusing on family health as well as student health. So Karen mentioned these after-school programs and I don't know that I would want to have done an after-school program <laughs> when I was a kid. So uh, are you finding that families are willing to, to do this, kids are willing to go because that, that mentoring, that one-on-one -on -one time is actually kind of an emotional support too? I think what we're seeing is um, our, our teachers and, and the community centers are trying to build really strong relationships with our children and our, and our uh, families. And there's an academic component, but also an enrichment component. And so the students um, are, are being kind of met holistically. So it's not just about academics, it's about enrichment programming that um, some of the students might have missed that social aspect um, during the pandemic. So we're, we're seeing really some marvelous uh, uh, attendance at these programs. We are still um, looking to enroll students in um, the community center programming. So I would say if, if parents, children aren't involved right now and they want them to be, please contact your building principals. But we have approximately 600 elementary students participating in um, after school programming right now. Wow, that is really mm -hmm. impressive. And I do remember that enrichment was part mm -hmm. of your summer school philosophy mm -hmm. too, instead of making someone feel like, oh, mm -hmm. I've got to go to summer school, mm -hmm. um, kind of sneaking it in there on them. <laughs> All right, well, it's very exciting to hear about the recovery that's happening so far. That's the background. When we come back, are the plans to help students recover working and exactly how is that progress measured? Stay with us. Welcome back to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. We're checking in on how students are recovering after a couple of challenging years for education and instruction during the COVID-19 pandemic. My guests again are Karen Ryan, Director of Educational Services for Erie's Public Schools, and Sherry Prater, Director of Student Services. So, Karen, you talked about the fact that this is working. You're almost back to where you were before. So, Explain a little bit about how these recovery plans academically are structured in the elementary school and then at the high school level. Are, are they different? Are they the same and how? Sure. So in all of our schools, um, they have created school plans that are driving data cycles 
where teachers are really in-depthly looking at uh, benchmark data throughout the course of the year and then also quarterly targets so that we can really stay on top of, of the progress we're making with student achievement. And um, already at the middle, the middle of the year where we are right now, we've seen some tremendous growth in both our English language arts and, and math benchmark assessments. So we're really pleased with the growth that we see students making in such a short period of time already. So is that benchmark data something that's universal for what a student should have accomplished by a certain point in a grade level? And is that measured by the teacher's sense of things? Uh, or is that something that you're doing with standardized testing? Is that something you're still expected to do? So we will be um, completing state standardized testing this year, but the testing that we're doing is, is, is um, a national test. It's, it's curriculum based. And so it really does um, help our teachers based on the standards for the grade level in which students um, are, are at, help them know how students are progressing toward grade level standards. But it's also our assessments help our teachers know have the children made growth from the point in which they started to the point in the year in which we are. So it really helps us know um, both grade level standard and then skills of progressions, how students are progressing toward um, you know, their, their academic uh, proficiency. Sherry, talk about, I mean, I think we might often focus on if a kid is acting out or having behavior or issues that they're not succeeding, but what's the upside of when, when they are getting the services they need? I mean, do you see an immediate bump in, in how they perform in their schoolwork? I think that we do monitor it because we look at that as being a, a gradual change in um, their um, achievement to just make sure that we are, they are staying on track and monitoring that um, through a variety of um, ways. What has the relationship been with the interventionists within the building? What have those conversations have been like? Let's take a look at their attendance data. Let's take a look at their course um, pass rates and things like that that we monitor to continue to track that student's improvement. And if we need to make some adjustments to the student services that we offer that child, then we use that data to um, make some decisions around what is our next steps with those students. So we talk about the idea that the students can't do well if they're not f feeling well um, or having some other issues in their lives. But let's talk about the teachers a little bit. What a challenging time it's been for them as well, you know, sometimes having to be teaching in person and remote at the same time, you know, worrying about their own health. Uh, so when you're, a teacher is measuring how their students are doing, I mean, if they're not having good success with their students, are, are teachers getting mentorship themselves to get themselves back on track with their instruction skills? Sure, so I think, um this year we've really put an emphasis on teachers collaborating together. We know that that our teachers, um, we have fabulous teachers, but everyone is better when they collaborate with colleagues. And so our teachers are really working in a much more structured way um, to collaborate, to meet the needs of their students, and, and to really help one another um, uh, benefit from each other's excellent practices. So we've really put those structures in place for te teacher collaboration, and it, it's something that's been really important for us in the district. So did more students have to repeat grades because of COVID-19 or did you really just say, let's keep them where they are and see if we can get them back to grade level? So I think what we know is that um, retention as a, as a uh, large scale 
um, solution is, is not a viable solution. And so we know that the pandemic influenced children, um, not just in the city of Erie, but nationally. And so we're really looking at um, being very conscious of data cycles so that we can keep track of what our students know and we can build on what our students know um, to kind of bridge unfinished instruction to grade level standards. Um, it's, a, it's a challenging piece for our teachers. They're working really hard at it and it's not a, a fast fix either. Um, so it, it's just something that we continually looking, we're continually looking at data so that um, we know what our students know, we can capitalize on that, and, and we can keep scaffolding them to grade level work and, and beyond. Well, when we come back, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what student services are being deployed, and, and again, how that may be data-driven, and how that does make a difference in academic success. You can't really seem to have one without the other. We mm -hmm. hope you'll stay with us. Welcome back again to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Today it's all about how students are recovering from COVID-19 in their uh, classrooms here at the Erie Public Schools. My guests again, Karen Ryan, Director of Educational Services, and Sherry Prater, who is Director of Student Services. So Sherry, let's focus a little bit more uh, on what you're doing. You talked about maybe adding this uh, case management piece, and we talked about the after-school initiatives. But what are, what are the other main student services that are being deployed and um, have you had to beef up staff in these areas because of everything that happened during COVID-19? Well, the district really is in um, not only a realignment phase with um, student services, um, how it supports not only the district goal, but um, student learning within the classroom. And one of the things that um, we are focusing on is the expansion of community schools through um, our K-8 buildings. So um, currently we are moving into the final stages of expanding community schools into all of our K-8 buildings. Currently we have um, Wilson and Lincoln coming online and we'll complete the year with bringing um, our other three remaining community schools online as well to be able to provide that outreach to families, all of those additional supports around health for health needs for the families, whether it's food, basic needs, those things like that for the family. Um, we're also um, expanding case management into every single building this year with an eye on moving mental health specialists, expanding a mental health specialist in every building as well. So that way students have a full array of supports within their building to address not only their academic needs, but um, if there are mental health needs and other family needs and beyond. So we know that uh, we've, all, we've all seen the um, United Way, we're on a mission to crush poverty. We've mm -hmm. seen a lot of the United Way advertising, but we know that United Way really shifted its mission um, to focus on the poverty issue and to start this community schools initiative. So Sherry, what, what can you say is the difference for a school that's had the community schools program and a school that doesn't yet have it? What, how do you think that's benefiting this, the students and, and the building as a whole? 
I think that the difference really is around having those partnerships and that community support, how it impacts um, families, especially, you know, families who are struggling with um, food issues or um, housing and what have you. And it, in the, it does really interfere with school attendance. So those students, their attendance have improved because those needs have been met. Um, being able to offer um, other activities after school that keeps them engaged in school and able to grow in a social, emotional environment that is, that, that is very conducive to transferring those skill sets into the classroom and to learning. So I guess I think of maybe there's staff just dedicated to counseling or student services, but how much are teachers in the trenches when it comes to knowing exactly what's needed for students or what student needs help? Sure, and, and I think this is where um, educational services and student mm -hmm. services come together because they're really, they can't be separate. They're, they're um, very connected and, and I think ultimately the teachers are, are, are with the children and, and they are building those relationships and, and they're really getting that firsthand knowledge of, of how students are doing. Um, and so the teachers are really able to be a big part in student services and that they're able to make referrals to student services when they see that students um, may have a particular need. Uh, parents may come in and, and have built a great relationship with the building principal or the community school director or the teachers and, and the parent can initiate those services. So it's really very connected, um, uh, the, the student services and the educational services because when students start to get services aligned to meet their needs, teachers are often the folks that are going to implement the different strategies that they're learning about mm -hmm. that, that will help students and remove those barriers so that the students can learn better in school. So this might be a touchy topic, but we, you know, we see advertisements on TV for needing more employees in Erie's public schools and Mill Creek public schools. So a lot of teachers just kind of checked out or retired at this time because it, it's difficult. So um, are there opportunities and, and does it take a different kind of person to be a teacher now because of some of these mental health challenges that are going on in the schools and, and kids at a very young age? I think we, we have the most fabulous teachers. Um, I, 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 I can't say enough about their dedication, their love of our students. Um, I, I think we're very blessed with the robust teaching force that we have and, and I think it, our human resource department is working really hard um, to continue to recruit. Uh, we know that with, with illness and whatever else, we, we want to have a, a robust um, workforce. But I think, you know, nationally there's a teaching shortage that, um, you know, everyone's working to address. And, and I know we are hard in Erie's public schools, um, but we, we have just the most fabulous um, folks that are dedicated to our kids and, and dedicated to making a difference. And Sherry, do you have more mm -hmm. to add to that? I would just add there is a significant commitment when I look at the departments in student services and the individuals that are coming across my desk when we need to fill those positions. It definitely is a commitment of individuals who truly care about what, who our students are, working with our students, what their needs are, and definitely removing those barriers so that they can be in school and be healthy. Um, emotionally as well. Because in Erie's public schools, you do have the poverty challenge. I mean, the whole county does, yes. but it's really 
pinpointed, I think, in the city of Erie, but also uh, students, international students, students that maybe English is not their first language. So some very unique challenges there. Well, when we come up, uh, come back, what else might be planned to help get students back on track for the future? And are some still doing school from home? And will there be summer school this year? Lots more to talk about. Stay with us. Welcome back again. We've been talking with Karen Ryan and Sherry Prater about helping Erie's public school students recover after COVID-19. So what else do you have coming in the future that we don't know about yet uh, that might help get students on track? Sure, right now committees of, of teachers and administrators are working really hard um, on summer programming. So information will be um, surely coming out about uh, summer programming offering uh, for this, this summer. And will that be at the elementary level or all levels? We'll have summer programming at all levels again. <laughs> all right. And let's talk about the, you know, online learning versus in-person learning. Are a lot of kids still learning from home? And when will that option go away? I mean, will there be a time that everybody's expected to be back in school? I mean, we're hearing some districts removing masks now, too. Mm -hmm. Sure. Our, our, our district has been very conscious of um, parents' um, desires of, for this school year, especially with the, the pandemic still being kind of in flux. We are still offering um, uh, virtual synchronous instruction um, to students in K through eight. Um, we have our cyber, traditional cyber programming for students um, and, and our brick and mortar. But the majority of our students have returned to brick and mortar. Um, we are working to, to provide a synchronous option for students and families that, that would like that option and are working through the challenges that have come with um, live synchronous instruction on a daily basis. And you mentioned you really don't allow families to bob in and out of that. Some decided to work from home after the Omicron variant, but you really want them to commit to a set amount of time if they're gonna do it one way or the other. Well, we're, we're down to the last couple of minutes. Sherry, you've talked about really bringing parents into the equation more mm -hmm. so. So how can parents help, whether they have a kid that needs student services or, or not? I would say reach out to the school. There are a great deal of supports that we currently do offer parents that um, because we are just now moving them forward and rolling them out, they may not be aware of. So the first thing I would say is please contact the schools because there are multiple levels of supports that we can not only provide to the um, child, but as well to the parents that we haven't quite um, publicized yet. And so, Karen, you might not want to go into the details yet, but you gave parents quite a few options with summer school last year, a shorter program, a longer program, and also did some things to help orient new kids coming. And we're down to the last minute. Will it, will it look somewhat like that again this summer? Uh, I, I think, again, that there's a committee right now really re, um, researching and um, looking through what we did last year and also what, what best practices have been found from from summer school um, across the nation. And so that information will be coming out shortly. The committee's working really hard on it right now. Well, it's been fascinating to hear from both of you and really exciting to hear that students are almost back to grade level and we'll continue to keep an eye on this and look forward to hearing what's coming up for the summer plans. As always, thank you for being with us too. If you have an idea for us to explore on the Insider, just email me at ladams at erienewsnow.com and join us again next time for the Insider.